0: Citizen, The Training, Chapter 20 Vera was buried in the first days of 1989, when Tracy was 22 years old. Then, for the next year, Tracy couldn't hold on to anything. He grabbed at school and jobs, but everything eluded him. The only solace he found was visiting his dad, Lynn, and little brother Brian in Columbus, and they became important to Tracy during this part of his life. No one could replace Vera, and Tracy wasn't looking for that. Besides, Tracy had spent most of his childhood with Granny and Moody. But no distance of geography or time can change losing one's mother. Yet... After Vera died and Tracy's path was unsure, his father and Lynn played their part in getting him back on track. The only friend Tracy had made at West Virginia Tech was Mo. He was quiet and easygoing, studied computer science, and was black, so Tracy had a comrade against the racist faculty. But Tracy's real connection with Mo was Kung Fu and the two became good friends over the next year. By the following January, and what should have been Tracy's last semester of college, he got a letter. Tracy lost a lot of credits transferring to West Virginia Tech. He wasn't close to graduating, and he was now on academic probation for the spring semester. Classes started on Monday, and Tracy sat in his room... "'at the same maple desk he sat at in junior high. "'When he didn't go to campus, Mo called and asked if he was okay. "'Tracy wasn't. "'He didn't want to be a burden anymore, "'didn't want to go back to school to fail more classes, "'and was totally submerged by darkness. "'It may have been the desk, "'but Tracy felt exactly the way he did "'when he was about to go camping with the scouts.' Back then, Tracy tried everything he knew in this world. With no way out, that's when he said, "'Why not ask me?' So Tracy tried again. "'Lord,' Tracy said,
1: "'you know what I'm supposed to do. I know I'm not supposed to be leaning on my grandparents. They should be leaning on me
0: by now.' The tall, shiny silver figure listened But Tracy hadn't asked. So... Tracy decided. I'm
1: just going to sit here until you say something.
0: And Tracy muted the television and waited. He was at the end of himself, bowed his head, and gave himself up. Go to the newspaper stand on Capitol Street, he said. Get the Sunday Columbus Dispatch newspaper. In it will be an advertisement for a career fair. Call your dad and tell him you are coming to go to this. Did I just hear that? Tracy said aloud. Yes, you did. He answered quickly. So Tracy went to sleep with no other plans except to do what he said to do. Tracy woke up early Tuesday and got a cereal as Granny had her coffee. Granny, Tracy said. "'Something strange happened last night.' "'What?' Granny asked. "'Tracy muted the tiny TV on the kitchen table "'and repeated what he was told to do, word for word. "'As he said it, Tracy saw himself do it. "'When he finished, Tracy came back to himself. "'Granny hadn't moved. "'She was frozen with her cigarette in front of her cocked hip. "'The ash had burned halfway down to her fingers,' and her mouth was open. Granny? Tracy asked. Granny flipped her ash in the sink, which she never did. I've been waiting for this, Granny exclaimed. I've known for the longest time. He said he was going to do something with you, and I've been praying. I just knew he was going to do something. Then Granny looked at Tracy and wondered why he was still there. Well, go on. Granny said. Go down and get yourself that paper. Take the car. Tracy took Granny's Oldsmobile and went to Charleston. He parked in front of the newsstand and asked the guy at the counter.
1: Do you sell the Sunday Columbus Dispatch newspaper?
0: Funny you should ask, the clerk said. We were getting ready to throw it out, seeing as it's Tuesday. We got one left. And the clerk had it in his hand. Tracy took it, opened the paper in front of the clerk, and saw the ad for the career fair. Tracy bought the paper, thanked the man, and went home to show Moody.
1: Out of all these companies listed, Tracy said, Someone
0: at that fair is looking for me. Then Tracy called his dad and told him what happened. Wow, son, Harry said. Let me know when you're coming and i'll do some praying on my end i will dad tracy said although he didn't know how he would get to columbus tracy still had his fiat but it wouldn't make it to ohio tracy didn't want to take granny's car either before tracy could ask if his father could come get him tracy got an impression to go to the bus station and he told his father. Well, son, Harry said, if it's the Lord, He'll make a way for you to get here.
1: This was His idea, Tracy agreed. I'll let you know.
0: Tracy looked in his wallet, which only had change from the twenty he used to buy the paper. In the back, Tracy kept a credit card that had expired two years earlier. So Tracy went to the bus station to get a one-way ticket from Charleston to Columbus. He handed the clerk his old card, and it went through. Tracy didn't know how, but he got out of there and ran home to show Granny his ticket. I thought you said you didn't have any money, Granny said. I don't, Tracy said, and he showed her his expired credit card. (laughs) Yep. "'Granny said. "'He's up to something. "'You'll be all right.' "'Tracy got the scissors from the kitchen drawer "'and cut up the expired card "'because he knew its use was only for that one time. "'When Tracy called his dad to tell him the story, "'he agreed.
1: "'I get in Thursday evening,' Tracy said. "'I'll pack up tomorrow.'
0: "'Is your resume updated?' Harry asked.
1: I'm working on that, but I only have one copy.
0: Don't worry about that, son. When you get here, I'll take it to school and make copies. How many will you need?
1: I have eight companies picked out from the list in the ad.
0: That sounds good, son. I'll pick you up tomorrow. That night... TRACY PACKED HIS ONLY DEPARTMENT STORE SUIT THAT MOSTLY FIT, FINISHED HIS RÉSUME, AND PUT IT IN A BLUE POCKET FOLDER. HE ARRIVED IN COLUMBUS THE NIGHT BEFORE THE CAREER FAIR. IT STARTED AT NOON THE NEXT DAY, AND ENDED AT SEVEN. HARRY HAD TO TEACH AT THE HIGH SCHOOL UNTIL THREE, SO TRACY HAD TO WAIT FOR HIS RÉSUMES. TRACY AND HARRY GOT TO THE HOTEL BY FOUR. Companies had tables set up on balconies overlooking the lobby. There, directors and division heads from high-tech companies conducted on-the-spot interviews in front of their hotel rooms. When Tracy and Harry walked in, an army of tailored suits rushed by with briefcases. Their cufflinks glittered off the newly-minted engineers vying for the same positions. "'This is exciting!' "'Harry said, and his voice was elevated with enthusiasm. "'Harry was not at all put off "'and was thrilled with what God was doing for his son. "'Tracy looked over the crowd and was less convinced. "'I guess God
1: is going to make me shine all by himself,' Tracy said.
0: "'I guess so,' Harry said. "'So let's pray, son.' and Harry prayed over him, ''I'll be here in the lobby.'' There were three hours left, and Tracy went down his list. Between interviews, Tracy saw his father speaking with other applicants. As a teacher of computer science, Harry easily struck up conversation with the other attendees, and Tracy went to check in with his dad midway through. "'All these people have degrees, son,' Harry said eagerly. "'I've seen their resumes, and yours needs updating. "'A lot of these folks already have work experience.' "'Tracy almost became deflated, but that wasn't what Harry meant. "'This is exciting. "'Imagine what the Lord is about to do for you, "'especially if he has you in this crowd.' And Harry hugged his son. So exciting! Tracy went back for his next interview and finished, but was snagged by three more companies. It was close to seven o'clock when Tracy came down the escalator. Harry saw Tracy and waved. Tracy thought he was done, but he heard him again. I have one more place for you to visit, he said. But I don't have any more resumes left. Tracy thought, but there was no answer. Tracy got off the escalator and told his father what he said. Well, Harry said, it's almost quitting time, so you better get back up there.
1: But Dad, I only had eleven resumes, the original and the ten copies you made. I spoke to eleven companies and gave each one a copy." Harry
0: looked off into the distance for a moment. His eyes darted around a bit, the way Tracy's did when he was speaking. Then his dad came back to himself and gave Tracy a smile. "'Look again, son,' Harry said with a soft wink. Tracy opened his blue pocket-folder, which was definitely empty when he came down the escalator. In it there was one copy left. When Harry saw it, he clapped his hands and rejoiced. Wow! This is so exciting! And he looked at Tracy. Go! Go! Go back up the escalator! Go! Go!
1: Hello, everyone. Tracy here. I hope you're enjoying my story. We'll let you know how to support this podcast later. But for now, the best thing you can do is follow us and share it with your friends and family. So if you like what you're hearing, please help us out by telling people about it. And thanks again.
0: Tracy went back up the escalator. The department heads that were left were packing up their things. Tracy didn't know what he was looking for, but he went down a hall he hadn't noticed. The tables were cleaned off, and no one was in sight. Halfway down, a sign caught Tracy's attention. The logo had B and W, in blue letters printed on white cardstock. At first... Tracy wondered why a car company was there. Then he realized it wasn't an M, but an AND sign in the middle. As Tracy deciphered the logo, the door suddenly opened like in The Wizard of Oz, when the little green man with the big face and curled mustache opened the round portal and asked, "'Who rang the bell?' But this man's head peeked out by the door handle. AND HE LOOKED AT THE TABLE TO HIS LEFT. WHEN HE LOOKED TO HIS RIGHT, HE WAS SURPRISED TO SEE TRACY FROM THE WAIST UP, STANDING IN HIS DEPARTMENT STORE SUIT, HOLDING HIS BLUE POCKET FOLDER. OH! THE MAN SAID. HELLO THERE! HOW ARE YOU DOING? HE STOOD TO SHAKE TRACY'S HAND. THIS MAN HAD A ROUND FACE LIKE THE LITTLE GREEN MAN, BUT WAS JOVIAL LIKE SANTA. He also seemed laid back, which helped Tracy relax. I just came out to see if we left anything, the man said. Were you coming to talk to us? I guess so, Tracy said. Oh, good, he said. What's your background? Electrical engineering. Really? And his voice had a lift. Yes, sir. And the man looked at Tracy with knit eyebrows, although he still looked like Santa, and that suggested he liked to be tickled. Do you know anything about electromagnetic fields?
1: I knew enough to
0: fail the class twice before I passed it, Tracy said, and Santa laughed. (laughs) Well, come in, come in, the man said. Suddenly... Tracy was in his hotel room with the standard queen beds, and another man spoke on the phone. I have our info packet here, the man said, and rustled through his things. The other man ended his call, and Tracy's host looked up to make introductions. Hey, Nate, the man said. This is, and he looked at Tracy. What's your name? Tracy. Tracy said. "'This is Tracy,' he said. "'This is Nate. He's head of our engineering department. My name is Carl.' Nate came over and shook Tracy's hand. The opposite of Santa, or the little green man, Nate looked like the man voted sexiest of the year, and Tracy was standing in his bedroom. "'How you doing?' Nate asked easily. Good, Tracy managed. Carl kept looking for an information packet. What can you tell me about eddy current? Nate asked. Tracy answered a lot like the scarecrow after he got his diploma.
1: It's an undesirable when it comes to magnetic field theory, but you can work around it.
0: Is that the right answer, Nate? Carl asked, rifling through his bag. I'm going to call Dale. "'Nate said, and got Dale on the phone. "'He was eating dinner. "'From what Tracy overheard, Dale spoke country like Mama Roe. "'Do you have time to talk with this gentleman?' Nate asked. "'Dale said sure, and Nate handed Tracy the phone. "'So my wife just fried me some chicken,' Dale said, "'with mashed potatoes.'
1: "'I love fried chicken,' Tracy said. "'Did she use a cast-iron skillet?'
0: Dale laughed hard. "'That's the only thing my wife uses.' "'Well, she's right about that,' Tracy said. "'I've got to see you,' Dale decided. "'Can you come up on Monday?' But Dale didn't wait for an answer once he finished his mouthful of mashed potatoes. "'Put Nate on the phone, Tracy, and, oh, enjoy yourself this weekend.' "'And if you're worried about anything, don't be. "'They'll do a drug test, but you just tell em you had poppy seed cake.' "'And Dale laughed again. <laughs> "'My wife makes a mean poppy seed cake, "'and I'm planning on having some after dinner, if you know what I mean.' "'That sounds good, sir,' Tracy said, who couldn't hide his smile. <laughs> "'Just call me Dale, Tracy,' and put Nate on the phone. And Tracy did. Then Nate and Dale spoke a few moments before he hung up. Have you got a car? Nate asked. No, Tracy said.
1: But my dad is downstairs. Can we we meet meet him?
0: Nate and Carl asked in unison. Sure, Tracy said. And Carl finally handed Tracy the info packet. The career fair was over by this time, so the three were easy for Harry to spot coming down the escalator. Then Carl and Nate introduced themselves. Nice to meet you, Harry, Nate said. We can have the company plane come down from Barberton to pick him up Monday, if that's all right with you. Harry didn't expect that statement. Think about it. And Carl and Nate went to check out. What did you say in your interview? Harry asked, and his eyes were twinkling. I'll tell you later, Tracy said quietly.
1: But it's all good.
0: Well, it's God, Harry said loudly. So it's better than that, son. Carl and Nate came back with their luggage in tow. Would it be okay if I drove him up? Harry asked. Oh, sure, Nate said. No problem. We'll send you all the info and reimburse both of you for your hotel, meals, and travel. Which was what Harry wanted to hear. Did you give them your resume, son? Harry asked. Carl laughed. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we might need that. "'Tracy gave it to them, and they shook hands and left. "'When Harry and Tracy got home, they told everyone. "'Their friends at the church were ecstatic "'and marveled at how fast things transpired. "'Then Lynn rolled up her sleeves, "'and the next day Lynn had the opportunity "'to do her most favorite thing, shop. "'She bought Tracy a new suit shoes, and overcoat. They were home by mid-afternoon, and Tracy put on his new uniform. "'Here's a pair of your dad's cufflinks, links Lynn said, and Tracy put them on. "'Now sit here,' she instructed, and she got her tray. "'From what your father tells me, none of these men ever did any hard labor. This shine will fit you right in. "'Lynn polished Tracy's nails, and she went through a round of mock interviews. "'Lynn's questions were rapid and coarse as she buffed, and she got right to the point. "'Now stand up and get your new coat.' "'And Tracy did as he was told. "'Lynn took it and put it on. "'When you go into your interview, take your coat off like this.' "'And Lynn seamlessly dropped the coat from her shoulders.' She reached behind, through the sleeves, and folded it in half while inside out. Then she halved it again over her arm, and stood there. "'And never sit down unless you are asked,' Lin said. "'This way you could hold your coat in your lap,' and she demonstrated. "'And don't let your back touch the back of the chair, otherwise you look too relaxed.' "'Next,' LYNN EXPLAINED HOW TO ORDER LUNCH SO TRACY COULD ANSWER QUESTIONS. YOU CAN CHOW DOWN LATER WHEN YOU GO OUT WITH YOUR FATHER. THAT'S WHY THEY GAVE YOU AN EXPENSE ACCOUNT. FINALLY, LYNN INSTRUCTED TRACY TO TAKE NOTES, WHERE HE WAS, WHO SHOWED HIM WHAT EQUIPMENT, AND TO WRITE DOWN ALL NAMES AND HOW TO SPELL THEM. ON MONDAY, HARRY AND TRACY WENT TO AKRON, WHERE TRACY INTERVIEWED ALL DAY. He got an entire notebook of names, addresses, and equipment notes, and they came home. Tracy sent out detailed thank-you notes to each of his interviewers, and then nothing happened. It was the middle of January in Columbus, so it was overcast and snowed every day. Tracy sat in his father's house all week before the rejection letters poured in, but his parents were undaunted. Well, Harry said, we might as well send for your clothes from Granny's. Dad, Tracy said,
1: didn't you see the three rejection letters today?
0: Did you buy a one-way ticket from Charleston, son? Harry asked. Yes, Tracy answered, which kept his mouth off his worry. Hmm. No child of mine will ever work in a fast-food restaurant, Lynn screamed into the ceiling. I come against that in Jesus' name. Amen to that, Harry agreed, and sealed the confession. Whew, now let's start believing for your salary, Lynn said, and Tracy looked at her as if she had three heads. If they were going to say no, they would have said so by now. Tracy saw Lynn's eyes and thought, Why not? After all, he started this, so he had to finish it. Three days later, Tracy got his acceptance letter from Babcock and Wilcox. He was to start February 1st in Barberton, Ohio, and Tracy's salary was $5,000 more than the figure he wrote down with Lynn. In the letter... Dale also remarked how impressed Tracy's interviewers were with the polished gentleman he had introduced to them. And that's the way it's done, Lynn said. Yes, Harry agreed. This is so exciting, because God had gotten Tracy back on track.
1: Thanks for listening, everyone. If you would like to purchase the book, Dual Citizen, it is available on Amazon. All three books, The Connection, The Training, and The Arrival, are available in print as well as on Kindle. Dual Citizen, The Connection, is also available on Audible. So, if you would like to skip ahead and see how everything turns out, feel free But don't tell your friends the ending. Thanks again, and we hope everyone will find their place at the table.